I'm going to ask if people can make their way back to their seats unless you're serving with the kids or um, in some other way. But first, I just want to keep you up to date on the news. I heard, um, I heard on the news that the Apple Corporation is going to open an Apple store in the Bronx, but the problem is they're having, they're having trouble installing windows. You'll, you'll get it when you get home. You got to ask somebody. See, you told me people would get that joke. I better go back to the old one. You know, I figured out what God's favorite planet is. His favorite planet is Saturn because he put a ring on it. What a crowd today. It's a rough crowd here. Pastor George. A few weeks ago, I, I preached a sermon called between a rock and a hard place. And today I'm going to be preaching part two of between a rock and a hard place. So I'm going to read um, the scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, starting in verse 8. It says, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead, he has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. As you help us by our prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. See, Paul the Apostle, the guy who wrote most of the New Testament, the great man of faith, he went through circumstances that were so hard. He said we were under so, so much pressure beyond our ability to endure that we despaired of life itself. Even the guy who wrote the New Testament went through times when he was totally overwhelmed to the point where he thought he wasn't going to make it. Now, what exactly that's talking about, we don't know. Something happened, though, in Asia. We, we know in Ephesus that he fought against wild animals, that he was beaten with 39 stripes. That, that he endured a riot in Ephesus. There was violent persecution against him. That he had a recurring physical illness. But we're not sure which of these or all of these what caused him to be so overwhelmed and overtaken that he said, I despair of my life. I don't think I can make it. This is too hard. 
Well, I always read that scripture. I said, wow, what, what, how, how did he make it through that? But I just want to declare that in the last two weeks, I have lived out that scripture. I've been under great pressure, far beyond my ability to endure. See, exactly two weeks ago today, I got a call from the rehab facility where my wife was staying because she was recovering from a stroke that she had in January. I got a call at 3 a.m. That, that they were calling the ambulance and bringing her to the, to the ER. Well, through the years, there's probably been 20 times that I've had to go to the ER. So I, even though it's hard, I didn't think that much of it. But when I got there, the doctor said that most likely she'll stop breathing within the hour, and you better decide, are you going to put her on a breathing tube or not, because most likely this is it. You see, people might make declarations over your life, your family, even experts. And I'm not saying not to take the words of a doctor seriously. But how many of you are glad that Jesus has the last word and not the doctor? You see, when I got there, her, for those of you who are medically aware, her blood pressure was 50 over 20. She wasn't able to breathe on her own. She was vomiting blood and she had a seizure right there in the emergency room. So I called Lee at 5 o'clock in the morning. I said, somebody got to get over here. You see, some things you just can't bear by yourself. And, she, and Josh came running over all the way up to Westchester where I live. You see, this is, this is where I get confused about church. There are people tell me, well, I don't go to church because all I need to do is I watch the sermon on Christian TV. I just put on T.D. Jakes or Charles Stanley and I get all that I need. But could I tell you that if you call T.D. Jakes at 5 o'clock in the morning, he ain't coming. You need the body of Christ. We were never meant to walk this alone. You can't make it without the people of God. Then they gave her two blood transfusions, and all of a sudden her numbers started to improve, and they brought her to the intensive care unit, but she wouldn't wake up. People came from the church and other churches calling her name, saying, Norma, wake up. And once in a while, she'd open her eyes and go out again. So finally, they said, well, if she's going to make it, we're going to temporarily have to put a breathing tube. But they said, if we put the breathing tube, she might never come off. This might be it. What do you want to do? 
You see, I knew what Paul was saying about great pressure far beyond the ability to endure it. See, I don't want to break anybody's illusions here. But being a pastor doesn't make you super spiritual. And I, I've read a lot of testimony since then uh, of pastors and other people. Well, I went through this and I just trusted God. I didn't worry about it. Well, good for them. That's not me. I'm not that super spiritual guy that could just take everything and just keep on, keep on going and just say, well, if it's God's will, that's it. You see, I had moments of being totally overcome by grief and darkness, to seeing my wife laying there struggling with a breathing tube and not waking up. I, I wasn't able to sleep more than two or three hours a night. And when I did, I would wake up shaking. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I don't think I'm the only one here who's gone through stuff like that, where you can't sleep. One, one, night, one night, I woke up. I wasn't even in the bed. I woke up somehow. I woke up in the kitchen. You see, and, and through that, my super spiritual self, I tried reading the Bible, but all I could do is stare at the page and read the same thing over and over. That's why I'm glad I got the word inside. You better get the word in you. I went to a time, I tried, I read the same thing 10 times and had no idea in the world what it was saying. But all I knew to do was to declare the promises of God over my situation, over my wife. But people would say, don't get your hopes up. You have to be a realist. Well, you know what? I'm not a realist. I'm a supernaturalist. People would tell me, oh, no, but the same thing happened to my grandmother, and she never recovered. One lady told me, I'm just saying this in love, but this happened to my relative, the same thing, and your wife is just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. You see, I understand that we don't always get the outcome we want. I prayed many times for answers that never came. But I don't give up because I've had enough answers to my prayers to keep on praying on. I can't stand on other people's experiences. Maybe someone else didn't make it through the same thing. There's people never came off the breathing tube. All I can do is stand on the word of God. You see, in Romans 4, 17, it says, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. See, that's faith. That's not living in denial. I began to call those things that were not, that Norma is awake, that her blood pressure is normal, that she's breathing on her own. 
In Joel 3.10, it says, let the weak say, I am strong. They say, I might have been totally weak and messed up, but not in the realm of the spirit, because that's not who God says that I am. And I began to declare the promises of God. Psalm 103, verse 2 to 4, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Psalm 41, 3, the Lord sustains them on their sickbed and restores them from their bed of illness. Isaiah 53, verse 3, by his wounds we are healed. That's the word. Your circumstances got to line up with the word. That we begin to call those things which are not as though they were. Don't just tolerate the things around you that God that God's not in agreement with. You begin to declare God's word and his promises over your situation. You see, and I'm not saying I was the great man of prayer, but when I couldn't pray, there were times I couldn't even go near my wife because I couldn't bear to see her on the breathing tube. People from the church would gather, came and would gather around and begin to pray when I couldn't say one more word. You see, church isn't about having a nice service and going home. Some people, that's your idea. Oh, I went to church this week. Church is about family. Church is about loving one another, bearing one another's burdens, encouraging one another. It's not about coming and singing some songs. I heard a nice word and I'm going home. You could, you, you could do that on TV. It's about relationship as Pastor George has been preaching. It's about the people of God standing in the gap, standing one for another. Say, I appreciated that. But when, when people, people, they stood and they prayed when I couldn't pray anymore. Well, this was a week ago from last Tuesday. People from the church were calling her name, calling Norma's name and trying to wake her up. And all of a sudden, Josh was there and he said, Norma. And she opened up her eyes and, and she was able to sustain it. She began to wake up. And that night, she pulled out her breathing tube. And the nurses and the doctors didn't even know it. Because her breathing was totally normal. When I came in Wednesday morning, she was fully awake with a big smile on her face. You see, God is a wonder-working God. He's a miraculous God. But at the same time, she had tremendous mental confusion. After, after being unresponsive and out for three days. She wasn't able to talk. She was pulling out her IVs, doing things to make herself bleed. 
So God showed me to declare over her, 1 Corinthians 2.16, for we have the mind of Christ. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God had not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You see, that's not her, that person pulling out the wires and the tube where the nurses would come and scream. By the word of God, I began to declare what the word says, that you have a sound mind, you have a balanced mind, you have a rational mind, you have the very mind of Christ. And a week ago from yesterday, last Saturday night, was the worst in in the hospital room. She, She was getting out of control, totally irrational, was pulling out everything wasn't herself at all. I went home totally discouraged after all the gains that were made. But Sunday morning, I went there expecting the worst, and she had a big smile on her face and was talking like none of this ever happened. And she's been back in her right mind ever since. This week, she began to eat again on her own and take steps with the physical therapist. She's beginning to recover. She began to talk more and more. You see, that's the power of God. That's the power of prayer. And that's the power of community. You see, I couldn't have made that up by myself. Like Paul says, I'm totally overwhelmed. You need to begin to connect with God's people. I'm going to repeat verse 9. It says, Indeed, we felt we had received a sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. See, usually I have a plan B in my head for everything. Well, it... it, I know this is God's plan, but just in case it doesn't work, I got this thing in my back of my head. God's been dealing me with that for years. Well, sometimes God will allow you to get into a situation where if he doesn't show up, it's done, where he's the only answer, that he's the only one who could change it. And I learned a lesson through this that he's the only one that I can rely on. That it's his power and his love and his grace that this happened so that I should learn that my confidence isn't in my own ability to make things happen. Don't rely on me. My confidence is in his ability and his strength. And the Bible says to establish everything on the testimony of two or three witnesses. So I'm, I'm going to ask Lee to come. Because she was, her and Josh were there throughout the whole thing and, and saw everything that happened. So she's going to tell you if I'm making all this up. I can tell you that he's not making none of this up. I can tell you that we stood in that hospital room. I could tell you 
there were not just me, there were plenty of other people who stood by that bedside. And I tell you, I was ready to say goodbye. I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that my faith struggled. I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that I was getting ready to say goodbye. And I was preparing my family because we love Norma. And a lot of people came, I think, with the intent to say goodbye. This is how bad it was. And, you know, we stood and we prayed and we believed. And I remember one night I went home and Norma was not responding. She was not responding. This was not the woman that we all know and love. And I felt helpless and I felt out of control. And I was trying to control that pain by trying to control in my mind, like so many other people do, what the outcome was going to be. So I just lost my aunt recently. And so that was really hard to watch her walk, to watch her go through. And I thought that's where I was at when I was visiting the hospital. And I went home and, 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 and all of a sudden, one night, God just filled me with conviction. This was before she had even opened her eyes. He filled me with conviction. And he said, but my word says life. My word says healing. And I have been praying this. I have been praying this over her. I have been declaring it over her. But in my heart, in my heart, I was like, I don't know, God. I don't know. And then the Lord said to me, have you not asked me to enlarge you? Have you not asked me in your time of doubting to strengthen your faith? And I'm like, yeah, of course I did, God. And he said, well, here's the opportunity. And I was like, wait, 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 what, 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 what? And God said to me, in order for you to stretch your faith, you need to be in a place where you're between a rock and a hard place, where it looks absolutely and utterly impossible. And I never imagined in my wildest dreams by asking God a couple of months ago to strengthen my faith that we would be put in this situation where we're sitting by Norma's bedside thinking that this is it. And I dug deep and I said, okay, God. I said, okay. I'm going to go, I'm going to get myself up inside, right? Because outwardly, I was declaring it. Outwardly, I was saying it, right? And the next thing I know, Gary and I have been in communication every day throughout this whole thing. And then he tells me, and my husband comes home and he says, Norma opens her eyes. I said, what? Norma opens her eyes. What are you talking about? Norma opened her eyes. I went to the hospital. I walked in and she was sitting up like nothing had ever happened. And I was like, whoa. And I walked in and I said to her, do you know that you are a walking miracle? Do you know that you have the spirit of God living so strongly on the inside of you? That you have a fighter in you? That you have the Holy Spirit who is fighting on your behalf? I was completely overwhelmed in the other direction. One day I was overwhelmed by sadness thinking this was it. The next day we walk in, and then the next day she's getting better, and then the next day she's eating food, and then the next day they tell me she's getting up walking. Then the next, I'm like, oh, my God. It was like almost too much for me to bear because I've never seen it. I've never seen this. We stand and we pray 
we declare and we say, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And Josh and I get up here and we tell you that this is the year and God's going to do miracles. But I'll be honest with you, there are some things that my eyes have never, ever seen. So I do speak in faith. But to actually see that happen rocked my world. It just rocked me. It rocked me. And I realized, no, wait, God, you know what? Every breath that we breathe belongs to you. It belongs to you. Every breath in Norma's body, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what the future holds for me. Tomorrow's not promised to any man. Tomorrow's not promised to none of us. We don't know if we're going to wake up tomorrow. But what I can tell you is that in this season, walking through this rock in this hard place, I've realized that we really do belong to Jesus. We belong to him. We are children of God. We are his daughters. We are his sons. We are the apple of his eye. He is our creator, and he has not forgotten about us. And he will not just let us go without seeing his goodness. He will not let us go. He will not speak forth promises and say that miracles can happen and say that greater things than these will we do. When the spirit of God came on the earth and Jesus left, he didn't say that so that we could sit here and accept death. He didn't see, again, I don't know what's going to happen, but what I could tell you is this woman is alive and well. What I could tell you, yeah, does she still things have, have things going on in her body? Yes, she does. But guess what? The spirit of God is strong in this woman. The spirit of God is fighting on her behalf. He, he is making himself known, and he is give. I really believe in my heart that he has given her to us as a sign and a wonder of his glory and of his goodness and of his healing. And I want to encourage you, if you can make the time, to go visit this woman. Because she is a treasure to the body of Christ. And God is doing something in her that is blowing my mind. And I'm absorbing all of it. And I'm saying the same way. I look at this woman and I see God strong and fighting for her. It lets me know she's ministering to me and she don't even know it. It's letting me know that God is fighting for me. That in my greatest moment of weakness that God is fighting for me and that he hasn't given up on me. And that he's going to continue to do what he promised. He's going to fulfill the things that he said. No doctor could. I was there. I was there. The doctors pulled me. They, they thought I was their daughter. They were telling me stuff. And I was like, I was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed, but when I, but when I remembered that I had prayed, God stretched my faith, God enlarged me, and I want to read this to you. In Isaiah 54, it says, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Sometimes the enlargement might come with pain. Just like a woman who is pregnant, that skin, that thing has to stretch. And sometimes our faith is going to be stretched. So just remember to take confidence knowing that he's stretching you so that you can hold more of his power, gain more of his wisdom, more of his character, and more of all of him. He wants to increase your influence and enlarge your territory. So take courage today that God is not done. And if you're between a rock and a hard place, he is fighting for you. Amen. You see, through the years, I've told many people going through hard situations, 
Well, just hold on to Jesus. Just hold on with all your might. Hold on in faith. But sometimes we go through things that we don't have the strength to hold on. And, and so I look through the scripture to where it says that we need to hold on to Jesus, and I couldn't find that scripture. Instead, I found Psalm 139. It says, if I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. Isaiah 41.10, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Second Chronicles 20, verse 15, this is what the Lord says. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. You see, when you can't hold on to God, when you're weak and overwhelmed, I just want to let you know that God is holding on to you. You don't have to try to muster the strength. <coughs> Sometimes we feel just totally weak. But Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. That's why Paul, who went through all those things, he says, I, I thank God for my weaknesses because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. You might be feeling totally weak today and overwhelmed, and that doesn't mean that you're not a man or a woman of God. It means that you hide in him. You stay under his shadow. If you're walking through the shadow of the valley of death, just remember that it's, it's just a shadow. That you are, you are passing through it. There, there's a famous story, and they even wrote a song about it. Called Tell Your Heart to Beat Again. And, and it's about a, a doctor who was a Christian. Uh, she was a heart surgeon, and she did heart surgery on this, on this woman. But in order to do the surgery, they had to stop the woman's heart from beating. And the surgery was successful, but they couldn't get, the, they couldn't get her heart beating again. So the surgeon told the woman, even though she was unconscious, Tell your heart to beat again. And you see, that's what I've been doing these last two weeks. I'm not through this. Last night, I slept three hours. And I keep telling my heart, you, it's time to beat again. The memories of the trauma. But David said in Psalm 42, verse 5, why are you so downcast, my soul? Your soul is your emotions and your mind. He said, put your hope in God. And many times in the last few weeks, I've had to speak to my emotions. I want to give up. And I say, emotions, 
Put your hope in God. As, as Lee said, my wife is not out of the woods. She has many medical problems. And the doctor came the other day, and Lee was sitting there. And he told me, your wife is between a rock and a hard place. And when he said that, I knew that God was speaking. I said, but I just preached that sermon. And I called Pastor George, it's time for part two, because Jesus is the rock. I'm going to ask for the worship team to come. See, as Lee said, I, I don't know about the future. Basically, my wife has no organs that are working normally. But all that I know that today, Jesus won a mighty victory. And if he did it for me, if he did it for my wife, he can do it for you too. You see, the doctors declared, your wife, within an hour, she's going to stop breathing. You can't receive those words. Throughout my life, I've gotten many of those kind of proclamations. People told me, you'll never last as a Christian. Someone said, oh, you, you'll never be a pastor. Maybe people have made those kind of declarations over your life. You'll never be anything. You'll never find a husband. You'll never have any money. You'll never get healed. I just want to break those declarations off of your life right now in Jesus' name. Because that's not what God says. God has plans to bless you and to prosper you and give you a hope and a future. So I break off those words, those false declarations over you. So I'm going to ask everyone to stand. I I believe I'm, I'm not the only one here. I, I believe there's some other you, of you today that you're between a rock and a hard place. You're in a situation where if God doesn't show up, it ain't going to happen. Some of you are maybe feeling weak and overwhelmed. But if that's you, I'm going to ask you to join me up here. If there's anyone brave enough to admit it. See, I came up today. I said, I ain't being fake today. I'm just going to I'm gonna lay it all out. I, I didn't come and leave my wife's hospital room to give you some kind of put on a show. And I asked Pastor Ephraim to, to, to do the song today. Just let the worship team begin to sing this song over you. And as you're standing there, see what I said that the church is about community. I don't want any one of these people going through these things standing alone. So those on the prayer team, those who I've asked to pray before, 
I'm going to ask you to just come up and just stand next to someone who's between a rock and a hard place today. You are not alone. So I'm going to ask pastors, deacons. There's people here who need you. If you're up here praying and you see someone standing alone, just stretch your hand to the other person also. And, and as they sing, ju just let the Spirit of, the, of God begin to wash over you. Sometimes I tend to think with my human mind, I tend to think, wow, great and mighty things. Then I tend to think lights, camera, action. I tend to think prosperity in terms of money and in these things, things that people can actually see, you know, materialistically. But but we understand that God, his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. And what if he just meant that I want to do great and mighty things through you? But what if that meant still trust God in all the other things that we want. But most of all, I believe that God is doing something within us. Something that will be sustainable throughout time, throughout forever. Praise God.
want to put Pastor Melissa on the spot, which I've been doing for like 25 years, so she, she expects it. But I just hear you singing a prophetic song of deliverance and breakthrough over the people of God who are stuck today.
for me. I'll lift my hands and knowing that my brothers and sisters are free. I'll lift my hands and knowing he's won the victory. Oh, Lord. All that's left to say, God, is thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you for your word. Thank you, oh God, for your people. Thank you, God, that you never fail, but you are ever present, ever strong, and ever able. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I want to close out in a prayer. There was something that when, when Norma came to, she said to, uh, to Gary, and it, we, we, told, we could tell at that moment she was in her right mind. She had told Gary to shut up. And I just want to pray over you that all the disappointments, all the frustrations, all the hopeless things, all the things you prayed for and didn't come to pass, I just want to say shut up to all those things. And like he said, tell your heart to breathe again, to believe again, to trust again, to know that God is there for you. But the best way to do it is to tell the lie and the disappointment to shut up already. Amen. So I just pray over your people right now as they leave this place, Lord God. Every lie, every disappointment, everything they put their trust in that did not come to pass and they shut their hearts and closed their, their minds to believing that you are a miracle worker, that you are God that's faithful, Lord God. We, we say together as one body to shut up to the lies of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. And we tell our hearts to believe again. No, you saw, Lord, you say in your word, hope the firm makes the heart sick, Lord God. But, Lord, what you promised to come to pass will come to pass. So, Lord God, we tell our hearts right now to believe again, that we trust you, Jesus. We put our delicate hearts, our brokenness, our sadness, our disappointments and frustrations in your hands right now, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that you're going to do what you promised, Lord God. What you said in your word, what you spoke into our hearts, what people speak of, of prophecies and word over us, Lord God. We believe right now in the name of Jesus. And we walk into a new day, Lord God, a new season of our lives, Lord God, putting our trust in you, believing that you are faithful to do what you promised, Lord God. So we thank you right now. We thank you for our, our hearts, Lord God, that are being healed, our hopes and dreams that are being healed, Lord God. I thank you and people will step forward and doing new things and believing that you are faithful, Lord God, and trusting their talent and their abilities, Lord God, trusting their families and their, their, their impossible situations into your, your hands right now, Jesus. We thank you again, Lord, and we say shut up to every lie the enemy brings to us in the name of Jesus. Amen.